0: Thank you for downloading the Inspire Me Lecture podcast, brought to you by the University of the West of England. In this podcast, we are joined by Natalie Fee, award-winning campaigner, author of How to Save the World for Free, and founder of City to See.
1: Welcome to today's Inspire Me Lecture. I'm Alyssa Willis, head of student communications here at UWE. Our speaker today is Natalie Fee. She's an award-winning environmental campaigner author of How to Save the World for Free, speaker and founder of City to Sea. In 2019, Natalie won the Sunday Times Volvo Visionaries Award for her campaign work. And in 2018, she was listed as one of the UK's 50 New Radicals by the Observer and Nesta. In the same year, the University of the West of England awarded her the honorary degree of Doctor of Science in recognition for her services to the environment. She won the Sheila McKechnie Award for Environmental Justice in 2017 for City to Sea's hashtag Switch the Stick campaign and is proud to have been named Bristol 24-7's Woman of the Year for 2018. Natalie also sits on the Bristol Advisory Committee for Climate Change. We'll have some time for questions at the end and we'll be recording this lecture and it'll be available in our speaker library. I'm happy to uh, pass over to Natalie.
0: Um, Thank you for that lovely introduction and it's fantastic to be here today and I'm only sorry that I'm sat here looking at my screen and I can't see any of your faces so I'm just going to take a leap of faith and assume that there's lots of you there and um, we're having this great rapport uh, and I'm not really just sat here looking at my slides. So um, as you heard I'm an environmental campaigner um, and over the next 20 minutes I'm going to talk to you a little bit about my journey and our campaigns and hopefully weave into that uh, how I made it a career. having not been to university, um, having not had a conventional career path um, and obviously having then wangled a doctorate somehow by um, not actually having done any studies. So um, hopefully you'll find it interesting and I look forward to lots of questions at the end um, because I know it's a big subject. We're going to be touching on lots of um, kind of emotional issues really. I mean I think talking about um, Climate breakdown and, um, and ocean advocacy is, is a, a big subject um, and inevitably has bad news in it as well as good news in terms of what we can do. So I invite you all to uh, yeah, come with me on this journey and we will end, end it together, hopefully with optimism um, in our hearts. So um, create the career while saving the world you love two years ago I turned 40 and it wasn't the kind of year that I look back on and think oh what a fun year and all the great parties Um, because it was the year that the IPCC report came out and it said that we had 12 years to avoid irreversible ecological collapse from climate breakdown and it was also the year that I heard that in my lifetime we'd lost half the world's wildlife. Now that kind of statistic uh, we hear a lot of statistics all the time about how bad the state of the planet is. But when I heard that particular stat, um, I, at that point, was pretty flawed. I just couldn't imagine then what did that mean? By the time I was 80, would there be no wildlife left? Um, and I'd been campaigning and working in the plastics space for um, a good few years, maybe four years previously to that. So I made a vow at that point that whenever I had an audience or a platform, talking about city disease work I'd also use it to share more news around the climate emergency and hopefully share some of the solutions as well Um, and I decided to write a book so my book How to Save the World for Free came out at the end of 2019 so just last year Um, and in the book I felt like that could be a way that I could explore some of the other subjects which we'll touch on later on um, and hopefully sort of introduce people Um, to to take people who'd got into plastic pollution and take them on the journey of how we can um, look at those other aspects of the ecological emergency and take action. Um, But I'm going to wind things back, first of all, to the 1980s when I was um, a big Kylie Minogue fan, I'm not ashamed to admit, Um, slightly embarrassed about the Jason Donovan um, fan girl time of my life, but um, I wasn't born an environmental campaigner. I was born into a family of uh, sort of uh, consumer-driven, working-class, standard 1980s sort of family, really, where it was all about buying new stuff. Um, and, and you know, it was all about the latest tech. And what for kicks and for fun, we would literally go to the mall, you know, the, the shopping precinct and spend money. Um, and I was completely terrified of the ocean. Um, I until about five years ago carried that fear with me into adult life, I didn't like going anywhere near it and I was absolutely petrified of it. So I always think it's kind of funny and interesting that I ended up becoming an ocean uh, um, campaigner, an ocean ambassador and this is why. Um, Back in 2014 I came across the footage of uh, the albatross chicks in the um, middle of the Pacific Ocean on the Midway Islands, who were Dying in their nets with their bellies full of plastic. And I saw the trailer um, for this. And at the time, I was working in media. I was working in um, for Made in Bristol TV as a presenter and a producer. And I was getting increasingly frustrated at the lack of coverage, not just at the local TV station, but in 2014 at the lack of coverage of environmental issues. So, um, I decided that I wanted to do something about that. Um, I had, um, you might say, a real sort of wake up call. Um, and at that point, I decided that the strength of the feeling that I had around the albatross chicks was uh, kind of a call to arms, really, a call to action, and that I needed to do something to stop the uh, suffering that I was witnessing. And it was happening in Bristol as well, perhaps not to this extent, but. I one morning saw tides like islands of plastic floating down the River Avon out into the Bristol Channel Um, and so at that point I thought what can I do how can I use my skills my talents I'm going to do sort of quotation marks around talents because I went on to do a music video um, because I thought perhaps that's how I might save the world I thought If I did a music video, lots of young people would watch it and they'd all get really excited and they'd stop drinking Coca-Cola out of plastic bottles and problem solved. Um, What I hadn't predicted um, or anticipated or factored in was the fact that I wasn't a famous pop star. Um, And although it was a great song, I'm just going to say that, you can go and check it out afterwards. You might not agree with me. Um, but it didn't change the world, or if it did, it didn't change it that much. And I felt like we had a long way to go with plastic pollution. So around that time, I decided that I wanted to commit more of my time to this. And I um, started building up City to see as uh, a not-for-profit organisation in my spare time. So uh, we ran public events in Bristol to see what were people concerned about with plastic pollution. And um, and what could we do? What could we do in Bristol that could solve the problem and perhaps scale it up? Um, and so we um, had a few meetings. We decided that we would focus on a couple of key plastic polluters that we were witnessing lo- locally. Um, and again, as I said, this was sort of happening in my spare time. So I was sort of looking at how I could use my skills from the media to start a campaigning organisation. Um, and we started off With two campaigns and I'll just talk you through those briefly Um, one of those was a campaign called switch the stick where we got all supermarkets to stop making cotton buds out of plastic and make them out of paper and we did that through a petition and um, and we actually got some funding for that Um, and in terms of like how did we get going and how did we actually bring funds in initially um, it was for me I was looking at these questions so I just thought well who else Is this problem affecting? Um, Is it causing anyone to lose money or reputation? And whose business is it? And when I was looking at the cotton buds, that problem wasn't just affecting wildlife, it was affecting the water companies. It was causing them to lose face because their sewers were spewing out plastic cotton buds where people were flushing them down the loo. Um, And so they felt like a natural partner. So I went to them and um, being fairly persuasive sometimes I'd managed to wrangle my way into a meeting and got 15,000 pounds from them to run switch the stick and at that point I decided I would take the plunge and leave my job in in um, the media and start city to see so I worked sort of uh, initially being paid one day a week um, with my colleague who was a, a, a filmographer um, and we just sort of started things and got it going at that point After the success of Switch to Stick we started looking at other plastics that are flushed down the loo and I went back to the water companies and said look we've proved ourselves now you've seen what we can do now three of you believed in us but there's a whole other 12 um, water companies perhaps you can now support us and we'll tackle all the other hidden plastics that get flushed down the toilet and we started a campaign called Plastic Free Periods. Um, We actually worked um, with um, sustainability i think it was sustainability masters team who were at UE who were um, running um, behavior change and sort of live briefs and we came in and we set some briefs and we actually took one of those briefs and turned it into a campaign which we piloted in 2018 which was an education program around um, menstrual products uh, in schools and that has been hugely successful and in last year we reached 120,000 students and trained Uh, 600 teachers, nurses and ambassadors to teach our Rethink Periods education programme. So we've had a lot of fun creating content, um, using our skills as um, storytellers, really, uh, to tell the story of plastic um, and plastic pollution in hopefully what is um, an an uplifting and, and playful way. As you'll see here, we even managed to do a spoof of Dirty Dancing, which was a personal career highlight. Um, Our other campaign that we started in 2015 in Bristol was uh, the refill campaign. So you may have seen the signs around campus um, at Water Fountains, um, certainly around Bristol. And the idea behind refill was a behaviour change campaign to help people feel comfortable about going into a shop or cafe and asking for a free refill. So we're not using plastic bottles. Um, And that has gone from strength to strength um, over the years. We've now got over 30,000 places you can refill your bottle for free, uh, over 350 community schemes around the UK. Um, And again, that was funded through a mixture of product partnerships. So we work with Chili's Bottles um, to help uh, fund the campaign, uh, the water industry, um, brand partners and individual donors. So that's how we've managed to scale that. And we have our fantastic refill app as well which we recently expanded and relaunched last week so that you can now use the refill app to find your local zero waste shop or you can use it to find where you can refill your laundry liquid or your household items or get, take your lunchbox and get a discount. Um, so we're really proud of how that's running. Um, just looking at my time. So so I'm going to move more now into some of the practical things that we can do. Um, and with you through some of the big environmental issues of the moment and what you can do about them, because I really like um, people to go away with a sense of some of the individual actions that we can take. So plastic pollution is is one thing. Um, We know the environmental emergency isn't just about plastic. It's a lot uh, about the um, uh, biodiversity, climate change. So we'll touch on some of those. I'm just going to skip through these slides, actually, because I've talked about the loss of biodiversity. And we know this is called the sixth um, mass extinction or the Holocene extinction, which we are responsible for as humans. And we know that we have a small window of time to stop it. So let's get cracking. Um, In my book, I talk about the seven things we need to save. So climate, biodiversity, forests, uh, oceans, rivers and ice, soil and us. So we've touched on biodiversity but let's look at forests um we've lost around 80 percent of the world's um primary forests and we're still losing them just in brazil at a rate of three football pitches a minute here in the uk we've just got two percent left of our ancient forests so we should be doing everything we can to protect them um what can you do as an individual we can all eat less meat Deforestation is vastly down to um, the meat and dairy industry, not just for grazing, but for growing the soya and corn that feeds uh, the the livestock. Um, So actually eating less meat is one of the best things you can do to avoid um, deforestation. Avoiding non-sustainable palm oil. So checking the ingredients. Check if it just says palm oil, it's probably not sustainable. If it says sustainable palm oil, Um, then that's okay. And a very simple one, make sure your toilet paper is recycled. Can you believe we are still tearing down virgin forests to make toilet paper? Um, So check that your toilet paper is recycled. So in terms of climate, most experts agree that we're on track for a 1.5 degree rise but actually many more scientists are saying we're actually heading for a four degrees rise in temperature which Everything that we're seeing now as the effects of climate change in terms of drought, rising sea levels, wildfire and climate migration, it's that kind of times four. Um, So it's pretty bleak. All that is predicted to be happening within our children's lifetime, potentially within your lifetime. Um, So flying less. Again, I don't say never eat meat again, never fly again, because I know for some people that's not possible um so flying less is one of the biggest things you can do to uh, reduce your own impact in terms of climate change um switching to green energy influencing your family um and checking that anyone you work for has green energy as well Um, and when you're working um, opting for an ethical pension as well some of the biggest things that we can do that make the biggest difference in terms of our oceans Or you know it's more than plastic, it's ocean acidification, coral bleaching, pollution from industrial farming, overfishing, eek! So some simple things, only flush three peas, pea paper and poo, don't flush plastic down the loo, just pea paper and poo, let's keep it simple. Eating a lot less fish, if you do eat fish make sure it's not very often and it's sustainably sourced Um, and of course supporting organizations like City to Sea, even if that's just sharing content um, sharing stories on Instagram, spreading the word amongst your networks is a, a fantastic way that you can help power those changes. And finally, our beloved soil. There's an amazing program on Netflix at the moment called Kiss the Ground, which is all about soil. I do recommend watching it. In the last 150 years, we've managed to lose half the world's topsoil. It takes a long time to grow back, 100 years for, for a centimetre of topsoil to come back. Um And we really, really need our soil. It's one of the best ways we can sequester carbon as well. So switching to organic food um, is one of the best things that you can do. And there's some very good, very affordable um, local community supported agriculture schemes around Bristol, um, our CSA. Um, And encouraging your cafes as well um, and any sort of employees or um, internships that you do, encouraging them being the change within those organisations is something that you can do. Um, and be wary beware of microfibres so the plastics in our clothes um, getting onto the soil through our sewage systems so um, washing your clothes less frequently on a lower temperature means that less of the plastic synthetic fibers are shedding. I know I've just whizzed you through a lot of information there and I know a lot of that information can be quite terrifying and um, and upsetting um, and I do invite you to ask any questions around that in the chat um, and support each other um, and remember that uh, we are. Um, well, I mean, personally, I have committed that I would like to devote the next 40 years of my life, if I have the good grace and health to live them, to doing what I can to repair and heal this beautiful planet that we live on. And I'm not alone. There are millions of us around the world that um, want a different story for the ending of humans on Earth. Um, And school strike for climate, um, as we're seeing um, on the Fridays for Future marches with Extinction Rebellion, we're seeing these movements rising up around the world um, and getting their voices heard. And I encourage everybody that I speak to to sort of give nature a seat at the table, really to to invite nature to be on your board if you're starting your own company or to be a family member. And I believe when we hold nature in that circle, things start to change and a reminder really, a a note of encouragement to never believe that individual actions don't make a difference because they do. Hopefully I'm one example of that and of course we need system change and some people are really good at influencing system change, some people are really good at influencing grassroots behavior change um, and we are social creatures and we follow trends and so by seeing everybody carrying reusable bottles that powers a trend and trends drive demand and demand drives investment. Um, so I encourage you all to, to be the superheroes and be the change yourselves and never forget the power of community and collaboration because as we go forward and as we've seen even in times um, recently through the global cam- pandemic our local communities our friends um, and uh, our networks that we're connected to are essential um, when it comes to building resilience and citizenship um, and that brings wonderful gifts. Um, I'm not so scared of the sea anymore that's a whole other story but something magical happened As I gave my energy to the oceans to protect them, some energy came back to me um, and um, healed my fear of the sea, which maybe you'll be pleased to know. So if you haven't downloaded the refill app, one thing that you can do, have a little look at it, see what you think, let us know. Have a read of my book. There are hundreds of ways in which you can um, save the world for free. Um, And I do talk about some of the bigger things like Um, banking and politics and system change as well as all of the small day to day actions that you can take, which really do add up. And here are my details, which I should be able to pop in the chat for you in just a moment as well. Um, I think that's about 25 minutes that I've been speaking to a tiny little hole in my computer screen. I hope I've kept you with me um, and I'd love to hear your questions let me just have a look through how many of these I love I'm just going to start at the bottom we've got um what are your views on HS2 I mean that you may have seen me pause um there because um of the two percent of the woodlands left um we that includes the two percent actually are being affected by HS2 um and one of the trees that was voted like tree of the year last year has just been um Uh, pulled down for HS2. So, yes, I do agree that direct action is necessary. Um, It's not enough uh, just to sit behind our computers and share petition links. It makes a huge difference. We know it makes a difference sharing and signing um, petitions. But if you have the privilege, uh, the time, the health to be able to go out. Um, and join groups um, that are protesting and there are many ways of protesting as well you don't have to sort of be on the front line and get arrested you can do things like um, craftivism, and and there are many joyful ways in which you can um, you can protest Um, I'm here in my friend's house I don't know if you can see she's an author of the joyful environmentalist And if there's an amazing chapter in there on her experience of of um, of uh, of extinction rebellion and and other things that you can do. So, yes, I agree. I think it's um, really important to get out there and be seen. Um, I was wondering if Too Good to Go is involved in your initiative. Yeah, Too Good to Go is amazing. Um, Slightly different to us. That's offering um, food that's being discounted at the end of the day and to stop food waste. Um, Olio is another amazing app a food sharing app that you could download that can help you stop food waste because it's not even that we don't have enough food for everyone on the planet we're wasting a third of the food that uh, that gets, pr- gets produced so um, apps like that are really good um, sort of positive tech um, let's have a look uh, so do you think climate change is a natural cycle um, no I don't um, from what I've been reading I mean yes obviously We've seen that there are ice ages and we are in the quaternary ice age at the moment. Um, but when you look at the data and you look at the hockey stick curve, um, the increase in CO2 now is so sharp and the increase in global temperatures is so high that um, I don't think there can be any denying that he, that this climate change that we're facing now is man-made um, and it's having catastrophic effects on um, on our planet uh uk is very environmentally friendly but do you think it is overshadowed with china polluting so much and usa using plastic bags and much of america not recycling um so the china question is is one that does come up a lot um they have just announced a uh, a ban on single-use plastics and they're probably going to overtake us in terms of that um they are they're obviously have a lot of coal um power stations um that they're investing in but they're also investing hugely in solar so uh, i don't think um per capita obviously they're using um more carbon i think now than anyone else in the world um but it doesn't undermine the the um work that we're doing here um and in terms of the usa yeah we've got a big um a big problem on our hands, certainly around plastics and America with them investing um, around 200 billion in, in new fracking infrastructure, um, which is there to provide feedstock to the plastics industry. So a lot does ride on this next election and whether um, a new green deal is going to be um, implemented. Um, but I think in the meantime, The the good thing about America is that it is the states that ultimately decide. And although the president may not be behind um, those changes, the the individual states, many of them are doing it anyway. And we're seeing plastic bans and plastic bag bans happening regardless, um, which is good. So I would say take heart. Um, Individual changes only make a real difference if a lot of people make them. How do you convince a lot of people to see the changes when the majority don't seem to care? So I think, I mean, that's kind of the the golden question. And I think um, we are seeing a shift. So certainly in media, if you remember at the beginning of my talk, I said I was frustrated at the lack of media coverage. Um, And now we have, of course, David Attenborough, who has obviously decided... Um, now at th- the end of his career that he's going to become finally sort of outspoken and actually tell people what is happening and use his power and influence to reach a lot of people um, and we're seeing a lot more of that coverage so I think that's one way so using our media channels um, and I would generally say our approach uh, my approach has been to not try and convince others uh who aren't interested at all but to have conversations and get the message out there to people who are perhaps sort of slightly interested um, so kind of what's known as like the low-hanging fruit and as I said towards the end of my talk the more that you influence those around you those changes ripple out um and we see those sort of trends happening the other thing is that um we have to be putting the pressure on the government as well um, to bring in the legislation because generally it's not really and it should never be the responsibility of the consumer to have to read all the labels, to have to um, make choices of whether what they eat is going to harm the planet or, um, or not harm the planet, especially if they're on a budget and they don't really have much money to spend. Um, trying to make ends meet, they also don't want the burden of the world on their shoulders and that should really be handled by our government. So we have to be very clear that when we are voting for people, that we are voting for people who will actually bring in things like a carbon tax, things like a Green New Deal, um, so that the burden isn't um, put on the citizens or the consumers. Um, I'm just rattling through these. Hopefully, um, you're all still here and enjoying some of these answers. Um, do you think involvement in Extinction Rebellion protests will make a difference? Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> um, I think, in terms of their demands to, to get the government to act now. I mean, the government has since declared um, a climate emergency. It then. Um, Certainly at a local level, we've seen um, ecological emergencies being declared. uh, Tell the truth, that's been happening more since Extinction Rebellion was around. Um, And in terms of forming a Citizens' Assembly, we're certainly seeing that um, not so much here in the UK, um, but in France, as an example of there having been a very strong Citizens' Assembly that came up with 130 something um, uh, suggestions towards uh, climate um, and I think Macron accepted all of them but two so we are seeing changes like that and we need to see more changes so I do think um, although some of their actions have been controversial that actual um, mobilization of, um, of, of people who are passionate to do something about it has made an impact and it's on the headlines far more than it was before. Um, some great questions here. Do you think in the current climate, economic climate, things like zero waste shops are sustainable? Uh, I looked at starting to use one when I've moved to Bristol, but the prices are double what I spend in any other supermarket. Yeah, so I've kind of touched on that. Um, yes, I think they are sustainable, and I think at the moment it is still a, a, an issue. It, well, it's definitely an issue, but in terms of behaviour change, um, people who have that privilege should mobilise their privilege and. People who have extra money should should certainly do that and power those changes so that it becomes popular, so that we see more supermarkets implementing refill schemes um, where you can take your bottles to um, supermarkets. But we're seeing what I'm really excited about is so so that kind of creates this trend. And okay, this trend may not be inclusive right now, but what it does do is it it makes the supermarkets. Um, sort of listen up and think okay we need to we need to be in on this and start making changes because they know that they won't be popular if they don't make those changes. Um, One example of this is um, this product uh, called Ocean Savers so it's like a little um, capsule of cleaning fluid that's in a completely um, dissolvable um, pod and you buy it you can buy it in um, Sainsbury's I think it costs like a quid or something for a refill and you put that in your old cleaning um, bottle and shake it up with warm water and you've got a whole um, a whole new cleaning bottle. Um, so it's like a refill but you don't have to take your bottles in, stand there wait for it to fill up and get splodgy stuff all down your hands and I personally I don't think that's going to catch on in, as the masses but it's been powered by people who are really passionate and been powered by zero waste communities. Um, so hopefully that shows how those Those trends can drive it and make it more inclusive whilst we're waiting and putting pressure on the government to bring in the kind of legislation that would make excess packaging illegal anyway. Um, Do you agree that celebrities are important in leading mentality change in regards to littering? Um, Well, we do live in a celebrity obsessed culture um, and sadly, I think that for now, yes, they do have a a big part to play in it, uh, as we've seen like with the Attenborough effect um, and um, certainly with some of the more sort of eco influences that we see as well. Um, But I think they have a huge platform and I think now anyone who has a huge platform can choose to use that platform for good. Um, And it does seem like more and more of them are. Um, if you know any, then feel free to send them my way. Does your company handle the issue of microplastics? Um, not, It's not something that we particularly campaign on. Um, so we tend to campaign on um, refill and reuse initiatives uh, and stopping plastic pollution at sores. Um We do share news and stories around microplastics, but it's not a specific issue that we campaign on. Um, other than sort of talking to our supporters around things like I said about microfibers earlier on. So that's the form of microplastic getting into our environment. Um, let's have a look. Uh, do you believe that responsibility lies with the consumer over the corporation? Um, I, think, I think I've just been answering that for you. Um, so we'll move through that one. I think it's both. Is the answer to that? I've got a really noisy pussy cat next to me right now. He's one of those big, crazy tiger cats. Um, how do you feel about the ban on plastics in stores and cotton buds? Did you have any involvement in this? Um, so yes, I mean, I, I'm delighted that there is now a ban. Um, it took a long time. Uh, four years after our Switch the Stick campaign was a success. Um, the government finally implemented that ban. Um, (laughs) He wants to get in on the action. (laughs) Um, And we really did have a, you know, I was fed up with how long the government was taking, so we took matters into our own hands um, and now finally they have banned straws and stirrers and cotton buds. Um, So... um, yeah, we're proud of, the, of what we did and, but yet the government still needs to do a, a lot more. So I think we, we do make a difference by by doing that. Um, oh, some great questions in here. There seem to be more coming in. Um, any recommendations for locally grown veg in Bristol? Yes. Um, Sims Hill, uh, and they have great volunteering opportunities as well, so check out Sims Hill. Um, the community farm. I think if I pick and uh, Naila no, doesn't want me to pick them up. Um, the Community Farm um, and Matter Whole Food also do really affordable um, veg boxes. So, um, so yes, yeah, so those are some good those are some good recommendations uh, for you, hopefully. Um, and and I really recommend volunteering if you have any time at those um, at those places. Um, So from Jack Tipping, he said, do you think sustainable agriculture will help with reducing the loss of soil? Yes, 100 percent. Organic agriculture builds um, soil, Uh, but also I'm interested in us moving towards I'm very interested in some of the um, new developments in terms of growing and producing food so like the the towers in which we can produce um, uh, lettuce and, and greens and things like that because um, we are going to have to return um, a lot of our land uh, to um, to nature and rewild those places to be able to sequester the amount of carbon that we need to do um, there was a really good documentary, if you're interested, um, Jack, on uh, that George Monbiot did, and um, I think it was called. Uh, it, I think it was called Meat. I uh, know, oh no, it wasn't that. It was anyway. If you look up the George Monbiot documentary around food and synthetic food, that was really, really interesting. Um, if that's your area of interest, definitely have a look at it. And yes, organic does hold a lot of the answers for us. Um, since COVID-19, a question from Hugh. Um, have you seen more interest in protecting the environment or do people think this is less of a priority now? Um, I think initially we saw a lot of people uh, moving their environmental concerns to the side whilst we naturally were dealing with um, sort of very immediate health concerns. Um, It's been a mixed bag. We've seen people who are very much uh, more connected to their environment and have realised that actually they felt um, better from the slower pace of life um, and that they actually wanted to, you know, they were connecting more with their back gardens or with their local parks and they enjoyed the quieter skies, cleaner air, that sort of thing. Um, But at the same time, we have obviously seen a huge surge in plastics through PPE and things like that. Um, we've been doing a lot of work to campaign on that to encourage people to wear reusable masks instead of disposable ones for people to follow our contactless coffee campaign to make sure that reusables are back on the menu and that you're not getting refused your, your coffee cups. And we've got a great video on, on the City to See channels called contactless coffee. If anyone that you know isn't giving you isn't accepting your refills, then you can um, show them that video. What recommendations do you have for approaching your workplace to use less plastic and to be more environmentally friendly, especially when companies are very focused on money? Well, in that case, you would make the economic argument um, for making the changes. Um, I have worked with a couple of organisations and especially when there's a green team involved. Generally, um, it makes sense to make the changes. It makes business sense. Um, You have things like staff improvement, staff productivity, um, uh, saving money saving. So you can sort of build the case. But I would say talk their language, do the workings out for them um, and present them with something that they generally can't say no to. Um, What recommendations do you have in terms of minimising waste in terms of PPE? Um, Definitely switch to a reusable mask. Continue wearing your, um, continue wear, uh, carrying your reusables where you can, um, and generally the guidance that we've had from epidemiologists is that um, just continue to wash things and, and including your hands in warm soapy water. Um, so, can you name any places you recommend getting environmentally friendly clothes? Um, that's a good question um, because yes, I would say. Uh, one try and buy less um clothes swaps organize a clothes swap party with your friends obviously no more than six of you at the moment um charity shops um you'll see that i'm not suggesting anywhere that you can buy new sustainable clothes so i'm sure you can find lots of those online but i would definitely prioritize first of all um uh, swapping sharing and buying secondhand there's a there's a great um secondhand sort of Design uh, designer shop as well in Bristol so you know it doesn't there's pre-loved shops it doesn't just have to be charity shops if you want something a bit special there's a shop called Rag Trade in Bristol for example um, where you can buy special things and then sell them there again when you're done. Um, right let's choose one more does your cat support a new Green Deal and has the cat attended any protests? Um, the cat is very important when it comes to saving the world um, it may not have a vegan diet But it does provide a real balm to eco-anxiety. We have to we have to have things as environmental campaigners that nourish the soul Um, and that for you may be being out in nature, it may be curling up with a good book, um, with a partner, with friends, Um, so yes I think I'll leave it on that note um, of just remembering to look after yourselves as you change the world and keep topping up your tanks on green energy. Thanks for your amazing questions. I'm so sorry I can't see your faces. Um, Maybe sometime next year um, I can come up to campus and we can do this again.
1: Thank you very much, Natalie. And if uh, if she didn't get to your question, feel free to uh, connect with her on social media. Maybe she'll uh, get back to you that way. And um, this will be recorded so you can watch it back. And I just wanted to thank you for coming and speaking to us today on behalf of the university. So thank you.
0: Well, thanks very much. Um, yeah, and I hope you all stay safe and well. Um, and yeah, please reach out to me. I've put some of my links there. If you want to um, follow me on Instagram, um, follow City to See, share some of our videos and campaigns. Um, we'd love to have you, um, joining our, joining our work and supporting us. Thank you. For more information about the Inspire Me lectures series, including other podcasts from the series, visit uwe.ac.uk slash study slash block zero slash inspire me.